Hi, I'm Garrett Hill, and you're listening to Life Students Podcast. Here we develop young leaders and guide them to their purpose. Life Students Podcast was formed out of a need for connection in a world saturated with negative content. It is our goal to create a safe place for young people to both have fun and hear the voice of God. Whether you are a member of Life Students or you just found this podcast, we hope that this encourages and empowers you to move forward with your walk with God. Hi, and welcome to episode 15 of Life Students Podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Hill. And today's a special podcast. We have Colin Cressman with us, and he's going to be telling us a little bit about himself, about um, what he does, where he came from, how how he made the journey to where he is, and just the uh, his inspiration, stuff like that. Um, so how, how are you doing today, Colin, man? I am blessed, highly favored. That's good, man. So you just released a podcast of your own. So why don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about that, man? Yeah, so um, I was pressured by my students. I teach at, at Urshan College, and one of the things I'm very passionate about is uh, scripture. Obviously, as Christians we are, but even more so, my my number one conviction in life is that I want to dig into scripture in a a more f- full or robust way, if you want to put it like that. Right. So usually, uh, you know, just to give you an idea for anybody that would be interested in college or even if you wanted to take online courses and stuff like that from Texas, we, if you're in a class with me, I will start out class where we just open up the Bible. I'll take, you know, different portions of scripture and things like that. And I, I don't like to just teach people information. I want to walk through the Bible and when things are important or they need to learn a certain thing, I'll talk about it. So uh, that's one of the things I enjoy doing. And it's one of the things I think is core to teaching. And so my students really wanted me to do a podcast. So I decided I'd I'd go for it. So it's it's literally just walking through the Bible. Right now we're doing James and we'll see what book of the Bible we tackle next. I'm up for anything from the audience. You know, anybody wants to say what the next book is, but really the goal is to just take time walking through scripture and know it better and specifically knowing it within its context. So, right. Uh, how much, how much study do you, do you do in Revelation? Uh, you mean me personally or? Yeah. 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 I, uh, so my, my area of expertise is actually Luke and Acts. Right. That's uh, what I focused on when I did my master's degree. And that is the areas that I, I typically teach. I, I teach many New Testament courses, but I have yet to teach a course on Revelation. So the only time I really talk about it is when I do a, a general course that covers all of the New Testament. Right. I do have a, a friend uh, that works with me at Urshan College. His name is Peter Wright. And he is my resident expert on all things revelation. So if you want some good stuff on, on that, I would put a plug in right there for Peter Wright. Right. Yeah. I've got, uh, 
one of David Norris's books about the end times and everything. The oh, end of yeah. the world. Uh, it's such a good book. I, I like I like reading. I like reading Revelation. It's one of my one of my favorite books. Um, just cause, just because it you know it, re- it relates to what's going on in the world right now. You know mm-hmm. very much. So <laughs> so I can definitely but, say uh, we are in the end times. I'm comfortable saying that I am ready for the Lord to come back. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too, man. Um, so anyway, um, you said you're a professor at Urshan, right? Yep. My sister actually went there. I don't know if she still goes there currently. Um, she mm-hmm. went there for a little while and like, yeah. she was telling me a little bit about like Yahweh and everything, like going super deep in just that name. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, taking notes from my sister. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's, uh, one of my favorite things that uh, you mentioned, Brother Norris, in his book, uh, every student that comes to Urshan, they take Introduction to Pentecostal Theology. And the very first lecture he does is on Yahweh. And he really does it. The reason he does that lecture is he just wants to point out to everybody who, you know, when you go to college, you feel like, hey, I'm, I'm doing big things. And especially, you know, like you've got a call on your life, you're going to be here and and you think you're all that and a bag of chips. And he literally just does that lecture so that he can show you how much you don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it brings you down to size. <laughs> yeah. So did you always aspire to be a professor at Urshan? I did not. Uh, I actually... Uh, to give you some quick history and uh, all of your youth and anybody that would listen to this, I grew up in Texas and uh, my my best friend growing up was Taylor Fish. So we went to youth camp together. Um, he spent, I think, almost a month at my house one summer. Uh, we kept crossing our fingers. He would call Brother White and ask if he could stay a little bit longer. <laughs> he was only supposed to come for like three or four days. And he kept calling Brother White saying, you know, Pastor, can I stay a little bit longer? Can I stay? And he was like, yeah, yeah. So he ended up staying for almost a month uh, at my house. But we were great friends. And, uh, you know, growing up. And then I I went to Gateway at the time. It was before it was uh, changed to Urshan College. And... Right. Um, all, all my time through Gateway and uh, when I graduated, I knew that I uh, wanted to pastor. That was what was in my my heart. I still feel that call to pastor. But one of the things that happened when I was at Urshan is I realized um, how big the kingdom of God is. And by that, I mean, when I when I went to college, I had it in my head that you really could only do one thing in the kingdom of God. And so I went to college thinking I'm going to be a pastor and that's the only thing God wants from me. So I'm going to do it the best. And I had planned on, you know, I'm going to go start a church or or do whatever I need to do to become a pastor after I graduate. What I realized when I got to school is when I was talking to all my professors, like brother Norris, um, you know, different professors that have been pastors, have been missionaries, they've been evangelists at different times. Now they're teaching. And all of a sudden I realized that the kingdom of God is huge and I'm really just a pawn on the right. chessboard. 
And so that's where I started to really just throw all my plans out the window. I said, God, you move me wherever you need me. And it's all in your hands. So if you want me to be a pastor, you're going to open up doors for me to be a pastor. And it ended up that I was, uh, when I graduated, I was starting my master's degree, but I planned on doing my master's degree online. And uh, when I started my master's, I was actually in contact with a few pastors that wanted me to come work at their churches. And one by one, they all shut down the the conversations. I mean, not the churches. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> the, uh, you know, and one of them even I, I was talking and then uh, I, I never heard back from the pastor. And I, you know, w- we had moved all the way up to the point of sending, you know, a contract to each other of being a youth pastor. And I sent the contract back and never heard anything from the pastor again. And I truly think there's no shade. I'm not get, throwing any shade towards that pastor at all. I, I truly believe that it was God's hand. I don't even know if that pastor received it from me. Who knows what happened? But one by one, everything was closed off. And the one open door, I had been working for Brother Norris for a year at that point, just as a personal assistant. I would help him in classes and things like that. And all of a sudden, I found myself where the only option I had was to stay in St. Louis and keep working for Brother Norris. And he came to me one day and he said, I think you need to teach. You have a gift. God has opened up a door and I think you should should consider it. You're a good teacher. And so I, I just walked where God opened doors. And when I graduated with my master's, uh, then the next year, it just so happened that one of the professors retired at the school and they had a job opening and they asked me if I wanted to teach. And that's, that's literally what got me here. I had no plans for it. And I think God works that way intentionally because I can say I, I wouldn't have been the professor that I am if I had been going into school thinking that I was going to be a teacher. I, right. I am the kind of teacher I am because everything I learned, I was, I was learning and being intentional about doing it through a pastor's heart. And so I, when I consider myself a teacher, I don't really think of myself as an educator, you know, a, a typical type teacher or nerd or education, that kind of thing. You know, I've got to work for the stuff that I know. I, I, I read slow. I'm a, a, a stubborn individual and, you know, I, I'm not just a natural nerd, but I worked at it because of my calling to be a pastor. And that's, that's how I teach now. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if, if I had had plans to be a teacher. Right. So what inspired you to know the scripture so deeply as you do? Uh, honestly, it's a, a combination of things. Uh, I, I'm blessed to say that my, my parents were um, just awful, rude slave drivers. Um, and they, they made me do Bible quizzing. And I could say that to everybody listening, if you're a parent, make them do Bible quizzing. If you're a student, make yourself do Bible quizzing. And one day when you have kids, make them do Bible quizzing because it really influences the way that you think uh, when you really have scripture down in your heart. And my parents made me do it from the time I was five till I was 18. And so I, I Bible quizzed for 18 years or sorry, 14 years. Um, 
And I, I think that has a lot to do with it. Another thing is, uh, you know, like I mentioned previously, I, I think everybody, as Christians, we should all know the Word of God. But something that drove me uh, when I was a student is that I was very convicted. I took my calling seriously. And I remember one of the first phone calls I made back home after I went to college is I was talking to my mom on the phone and I said, Mom, you know, I can't read fast. You know, I'm, I'm a slow reader and I've got tons of homework to do. And I need you to pray for me that God would help me to learn to read faster. And that was my genuine prayer. And the reason I, you know, that's the one thing that was on my mind. I didn't care about making friends. I didn't care about, uh, you know, where the next social was, where people were hanging out, all that kind of stuff. The only thing I knew I was there for was God's, God's needing to use me. God needs us in the kingdom of God. And I've got to know the word of God. So all my classes, I gave everything I had. And then one day I woke up and realized, you know, thank you, Jesus, for whatever reason, that conviction constantly drove me to dig deeper in the word of God. And my passion now, you know, like I mentioned with my podcast, my passion now is to make it simple. Uh, it seems to be a, a current thing in today's culture. We we almost act like reading the Bible and understanding the word of God is really hard and complex. Um, but the Bible is for everybody. Right. And it it's written so that everybody can understand it. You don't have to have, you know, a degree and you don't even have to have, you know, thank the Lord. We don't even have to have a super good prayer life to at least understand the basics that we need to have a better prayer life. You know, yeah. <laughs> we can you don't even have to be, quote unquote, super spiritual to start understanding the Bible and it will pull you in and it will transform your life. And I think that's one of my my biggest passions is that you you can really understand what God wants to say. You don't have to be uh, a special type of person. Everybody can understand the Word of God. Right. So, speaking of read, reading His Word and, and diving into it, what does your daily relationship with God look like? Well, I have... Uh, a little bit of a different opportunity than some, because as a teacher, um, you know, I'm I'm a teacher of New Testament and spiritual formation classes. So uh, one of the the blessings I have in life is that I get to study the Bible twenty four seven. I get paid to read books, and I get paid to. Um, teach others information on the Bible. So I say that to say there's a little bit difference. You know, if you hear me talk about what I, I do on an average day, just I'm just want to preface it to let you know that is not the requirement for all Christians in the world. I understand that because it's part <laughs> of my job. But I uh, I have an office at the school. So I wake up in the morning and I, I wake up between five and six a.m. Uh, I love mornings because nobody can steal the day from you. In the morning, nobody else is alive, so it's just me and Jesus. And so I wake up, I make coffee, and I, I read the Bible first thing when I wake up. I, I don't pray, and that's because for me, uh, Bible reading and prayer is a conversation. When I pray, I'm talking to God. When I read the Bible, He's talking to me. Right. And so I want to start out every day with Him talking to me. I want to know what he says first before I give him all of my drama and opinions. 
And so I, I'll read and I, I like to listen to the Bible. And so throughout the day, I will uh, have headphones with me wherever I go. And I like to walk places. I like to ride my bike. I, I live close to the school, so I ride my bike to work and it's a, about a 15 minute bike ride. So I listen to the Bible as I, I ride to work and I try to listen to a book of the Bible a day. And the a, a book a day, a book a day. Hmm. And the reason I do that and, and you have to understand also is I I'm not reading how some would say uh, devotionally. I read devotionally in the mornings where I'm going really slow and I'm I'm picking up small pieces going verse by verse and I'm looking at things. But for the rest of the day, when I get done with my morning Bible reading and prayer for the rest of the day, I'm trying to listen to a lot of content because the Bible, you know, so you take uh, let, let's take like the the book of Galatians. Book of Galatians is six chapters. And that whole book, we broke it up into six chapters with all the verses. But when Galatians was originally written, Paul didn't have any chapter breaks in it. He didn't have any verse references in it. It was just a letter he wrote to the church. So a lot of times the, the problems we have when we read the Bible is we only do it a couple of verses at a time or a few verses here and there. And we struggle with understanding what Paul's trying to say. But it's actually really easy to understand when you get the whole letter. So I tell people sometimes, you know, you think of like a, a, a movie trailer. That's how we read the Bible a lot of times is, you know, even if you think of like a sermon, if your pastor preaches a sermon, you understand the whole sermon because you listen to the whole sermon. But if you would have just, you know, jumped in and pulled out five minutes here or there, you'd be like, what in the world was Taylor Fish talking about? Like, man, that's really <laughs> difficult to understand. That's five minutes at a time. You won't understand those five minutes unless you've listened to the whole thing together. And right. so that's that's why I try to and I listen to it fast. You know, I'm not trying to to pick up every single individual word, but I try to listen to the entire book in one day. And that's uh, that habit. You catch more and more every time you listen. So er every time I listen to Galatians, I'm going to know more about Galatians the next time I catch more of it the next time. But it also helps me understand them just as a as a full letter, because Paul meant it to be read at one time. So I want to listen to it at one time. Right. And so that's. That's Bible reading. When I get to work, I also do uh, a lot of outside studying. And uh, I am in a doctoral program, so I have a lot of reading that I have to do for my own personal classwork. But I also am, am studying for lectures and things like that. I uh, teach four classes a semester. So that is um, uh, 12 hours of teaching I do a week. So. Uh, I have to prepare for that regularly, and it's all Bible classes uh, or theology courses, and so I'm I'm studying to do that kind of stuff. And uh, one of the things I do before I go to bed, and this is what I do, you know, first thing when I get out of my bed in the morning, and last thing I do when I I'm going to sleep is I I kneel down and I quote the Shema, and I, I do that because for me personally even though it was a Jewish custom back in the day. For me personally, it captures everything. It starts with, Hero Israel, the Lord of God, the Lord is one. And it goes through basically the story of God redeeming his people. And it ends with, 
I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. So I think probably one of the strongest convictions for me in my personal life, my walk with God, is that every day it starts and ends with me submitting to God. He's my Savior. He has the right to be my God because he brought me out of Egypt. He is my God. And that's what I wake up and go to bed to every day. Man, that's, uh, that's different. You know, you, you, I, don't really, I don't really hear people say that they quote the Shema or anything like that um, on a daily, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, every once in a while you hear them like preach, preach on it and everything, use it in their sermons, but you don't ever hear somebody actually using that on a daily devotion or um, a prayer or anything. Yeah. I also, um, you know, part of the Shema, it talks about blue tassels. It says that the Lord spoke to Moses, said, speak to the children of Israel, tell them to make a tassel in the corner of their garments and to put a blue thread in the tassel of the corners. And you'll have the tassel that when you look on it, you will remember and do all my commandments and be holy for your God. And so I don't have blue tassels on things, but uh, one of the things I do have that all my, my students know about me is that I, I have a wristwatch and the, the band on my watch is blue. And so I use it for the same thing in that, in that sense is I, when I see that blue band, anytime that I'm just walking around or I'm sitting in my office and my attention is brought to that blue band, I remember my testimony and I quote the Shema right there because it reminds me of everything that God has done in my life that he deserves to be my God. He is sovereign, the king over everything. And so I, I do those things. And like you say, you know, you don't hear a lot about those kinds of things, but I, I do those things because I want to make sure every moment I'm in submission to God. And that's just for me, that's, that's the thing that keeps it locked in. Yeah. Well, man, that's, that's awesome. You know, that's actually an uh, inspiration to me, man. Um, that kind of devotion um usually usually for me i'll just on the way to work in the mornings i'll uh because i work in i work in plants and everything mm-hmm. on, the, on the way to work in the mornings i'll listen to usually like I'll, I'll get up get my coffee and run out the door and on my way to work I, that's usually my devotion time and then on the way home i'm listening to a book or something on audible mm-hmm. um in the mornings i'll i'll uh, pray on the way to work, you know, um, that it keep me safe and everything. Cause yeah. anything can happen at a plant, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it was like three weeks ago. I had a, not, I didn't have a heat stroke, but I had heat stress and I passed out. <laughs> so, you know, any, anything can happen out there, but, um, usually I'll in the mornings I'll be, I'll be listening to, like you said, listening to the word, um, but just not a, not a book at a time, you know? Um, hey, I would, I would just encourage you, you know, the more you do it, the, the easier it is. Now my students laugh at me. I, I will admit, I listen to, to audio books at three times the speed. <laughs> so what? <laughs> yeah. So, but, uh, it's just like, uh, just like anything you do in life, you know, you, you get used to it and it's the kind of thing where now if I listen to something slower, you know, if I listen to something at two times the speed, I'm like, man, this is like slow motion. What is happening? <laughs> uh, you know, so you just get used to things, you know, you, you, you bump yourself up, but it really, you know, the goal is not to catch every word, like I said, but 
you'd be surprised, you know, like if you just pepper it throughout the day and you're listening to it at a pretty good speed, you can really get through a, a lot of books and start with the small ones. You know, you go to the New Testament letters, start with the small ones. Right. And that's why I said, you know, you're talking about your day. That's why I said I, I recognize the the opportunities I have in life. My mother uh, is one of my, you know, heroes in life. And she has worked as a nurse ever since I've been alive. And she has about a 30 minute drive to and from work every day. And that's, you know, I, I rode to work with her. I carpooled with her for a little bit when I was 17. And I remember my mom spending those times in prayer uh, going to work. And that was, that was when she had, and, you know, those are the kinds of things you make time for the stuff that you love. Right. Yeah. I, my, my commute is usually about 45 minutes to an hour there and back. So, yeah. uh, I try to take advantage of that time cause which I, I have Fridays off. So it's kind of nice to be able to do that. But Thursday, Monday through Thursday, I'm getting home around six 30 or so eat dinner and then pretty much the day is over at that, at that point, you know? Yeah. I, I'm an early bird. I don't stay up. I don't stay up till midnight no more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I Same. can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> you know? So, um, mo- moving on, who is your inspiration? Uh, I would say I have, um, two inspirations in life. And the first one, um, is somewhat automatic as my father. And I recognize that I am where I am today because I had a very good father. And so he's, he's always going to be first and foremost, but he has, you know, as I've grown up and him and I have a great relationship, we talk all the time and stuff, but he's a little bit in the background in my life as far as an inspiration, because we have two different uh, callings, two different areas of life. So my father uh, is a, a great pastor, great teacher, and I would say part of my love for the Word of God comes from him. Uh, but as far as me being a teacher and fulfilling that call on my life, that role, my inspiration is David Norris. He is, uh, you know, he, he called me out, he pointed me out, and he was the first person that ever came up to me. He said, do you realize you can teach? you know, saying, you know, you're a good teacher. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> I had no idea. So like coming from you. Yeah. Like uh, I was like, <laughs> okay. So I, I got to work for him uh, for three years and co-teaching with him. He let me uh, help him out in his classes that he was teaching and he would have me do stuff for his books and different research projects, things like that. And I just soaked it all up. I loved everything about it. And I can say the, the, best compliment I get from anybody is if anybody hears me preach today, um, they, they see me teach or anything like that. I'll occasionally have somebody come up to me after a service and they say, you know, you remind me of David Norris. And when they say that to me, that's, uh, that that's a God moment. Cause that's what I prayed for is I, I saw somebody who was a great teacher who was fulfilling the call that I felt in my life. And I told God, I said, I want to be that. So I, I just stalked him. <laughs> I, I followed him everywhere. He gave me a key to his office. I was, you know, everywhere he was going, I was going and I just wanted to be like him. And I'm thankful now that I got hired, I, could, I still get to see him on a regular basis. Right. So I'd say definitely he's my biggest inspiration. 
That's I bet that's awesome to be uh in close quarters with somebody like that, you know, on a on a good daily basis or weekly basis or something like that. Um I like to spend I like to spend as much time with my role models just to soak up, you know, their knowledge, you know, so that I can kind of help try to carry on that legacy. So yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from. That's awesome, dude. Um, so what is your role in the kingdom of God? Uh, I would say, um, uh, this may sound odd starting out, but I'm just going to make the statement and then I'll back up and I'll try to try to set you up. I see my role as a teacher is, um, I, I want, as a theologian, I want to do pastoral ministry for the world. So uh, I don't mean that by saying that I want to be the pastor of everybody. And I'm not saying that I want to, uh, you know, my, my father was a pastor. I grew up as a pastor's kid. Trust me, I do not want to pastor the world. That's a lot of drama I don't want to deal with. Uh, you're dealing with people, but as what I mean especially by it, right now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, no, no one person can handle that job. But what I mean by that is, uh, we, we base our life, you know, the things that we, we hold as our core doctrines and our beliefs and things like that is from the, the letters of Paul, from the letters of, of church, uh, apostles and from biblical writers and, when, when every pastor preaches, they are preaching uh, based on the inspiration of God and the study of the scripture that they've done. And that study has to be guarded in order for the pastors of the world to continue to teach and do what they do on a local basis. And I remember when I, I was about to graduate with my master's degree, and like I said, the, a professor at the school retired. And that's what allowed me to to start working there. But I remember when he retired, I thought to myself, wow, theologians retire. <laughs> and that means one day they're also going to die. And that's a, a sad thought. But I know that one day, uh, as all of us get older, right now I'm I'm only 27. But down the line, when I'm getting older, doctrine inevitably is always going to be questioned. And influences of the world and things like that are going to come in and they're going to put pressure on our pastors to conform. They're going to put pressure on all of our young preachers to, to do this or that. And so my role in the kingdom of God is first and foremost, I'm teaching my, my job is in Christian ministry. I teach future ministers. And I, I take that very seriously and humbly that I'm teaching the future pastors and preachers of our churches. And so one, I'm going to make sure that they know the word of God and that they know doctrine, they know it right, and that they know it without question. But second, uh, the reason I'm in a doctoral program and the reason I feel very strongly about that is I, I feel a call of God to be able to say with authority that one day when those doctrines and things are questioned, I can stand and say, this is right and this is wrong from a, a position of authority. Because as I said, those theologians are going to die one day and we're going to need to be replacing them. And so I'm, I'm working as much as I can as a young man. I'm working so that I can defend our faith when it needs to be defended one day. 
Right. Well, that's a that's a honorable quest um, and a mission to to do, man. Um. So, the uh, last question: What would you tell this next generation about how to start studying the Word of God? I'll start. <laughs> uh, one of the things I, I so yes about Revelation. I'll give you my one of my favorite illustrations in in Revelation is uh, back in the day in the in the ancient world, biblical times. They didn't have YouTube. They didn't have Instagram. They didn't have podcasts. All these different things that we do. So their form of media was somebody reading a book for a really long time. They would sit there and listen to something for hours. And in Revelation, it says, blessed is he that readeth. That singular is one person reading. And that was how it was done back in the day. People couldn't read. So you had one person that was the reader of scripture. And then it says, blessed are the ones that hear. And so that's plural. That's the the congregation, the audience. And that was their entertainment. I think the, the best thing you can do for yourself as a young person is understand that the Bible is engaging. And if you approach it, don't approach it like a math test. You're going to hate it. Uh, you know, don't, don't be thinking of the Bible as this really hard thing that you have to do, that you have to make yourself participate in. Um, that, that was done. It was done in a way that you could listen to it and enjoy it. That was their, their way of their form of media and entertainment. The same way that we today consume podcasts, we consume uh, short video clips and things like that. That's what the Bible was for, but it was for teaching them the love of God. And studying and going deeper in the Word of God is really about time spent. You know more because you know more. When I first met my wife, I didn't know anything about her, but I thought she was really good looking. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just had basic basic knowledge. Even now, if you talk to me as as her husband, I have, um, I'll be married five years in December and, uh, I've known her for nine years, dated, uh, for eight years. So, you know, you, you could say I'm somewhat of an expert on Lindsay, but that I'm at that point because I just wanted to know every little thing I could, you know, you start out in a relationship with like, I don't even know if people do this anymore. The world moves so fast. I'm probably outdated now, everybody listening to me. But back in my day, <laughs> it was just phone calls. And we would talk on the phone and you did the whole like cute, weird, flirty 20 questions. You know, you're just wanting to get to know somebody, know things about them. And I mean, if Lindsay could tell me 20 things about her life, that's I, I ate it all up. But that was just the surface. But a lot of people and here's here's the end of my illustration. A lot of people approach the Bible in weird ways that we would never approach a person. And the word of God is the word of God. It's Jesus. So why do we approach the word of God? And what I mean by that is we we approach the Bible, you know, it would be as if I walked up to Lindsay and said, hey, I would really like to date you. So can you please tell me your height, weight, what's your heart rate? Uh, can you please... <laughs> 
let me know if you have any medical problems in your your family history. Uh, can you you know you you would never walk up to somebody you're romantically interested in and ask them for their medical chart. But <laughs> for some reason, we approach the word of God in that way of saying, "Oh, well, I got to know all the stats. Give me all the details. Give me you know these these things like that kind of stuff." Just break it down and play twenty questions. Just get in the word of God, get rid of all the pressure to do the technical stuff, the medical charts. You learn all of that from time spent. And you just spend time and you learn God. You let him speak to you and you'll find yourself wanting more in the same way that a relationship with a person develops where it's like, wow, I really like spending time with you. We need to hang out more often. You'll f- you'll find yourself wanting to know more and you'll get to the point where you know all the technicalities. But you don't start with that pressure in mind. Right. Yeah, read- reading the word is addicting, you know. It, I mean, you you literally just have to start, you know. And like when whenever you whenever you start reading it, whenever you start listening to it, however you do it, if you do listen to it, make sure that you do read some portions because that's whenever you can kind of dive deeper into certain scriptures. Um, I'm kind of similar to, to, to Colin. I'm not a very good reader. You know, I'm, I'm, I can read, but it's very slow. So uh, it's so much easier to read be, be it being read to me. You know, like I love my version Bible app. I can flip it between ESV, K, uh, KJV, uh, and listen, listen to it that way. Yeah. You know, if I hear something in ESV that like kind of sparks my attention, I'll flip it to KJV and start reading it. And then I'll just kind of try to break it down in my own mind and everything and, and study it and everything. And I'll highlight it and then bring it home and, and look over it again. But yeah, listening, listening to the word and reading his word is actually very addicting. You know, uh, like Colin said, you just, you just have to start. Um, so Colin, is there anything, uh, that you would like to add to any of the, any of the questions or anything you just want to say? No, man, I just, uh, thank you for having me on here. And just to, to all of your audience, want you to know that I, I love, uh, brother Hill, his wife got close family connections with him, but also have known him. Uh, I, I think I've probably known you now, man, for maybe 12 years. Yeah, for a while, Uh, man. (laughs) Yeah, thinking back on it. uh, But mutual friend through Taylor Fish first, and then you married uh, into Cody's family. So another connection there. But just want to say thank you and love you. Yeah, love you too, man. I took over that family, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It was his family, but now it's my my family, (laughs) you know. So me, me and him have a good power struggle trying yeah. to figure out who's the, the favorite son-in-law. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, it's me, though, you know. <laughs> uh, but um, anyway, man, I'm, uh, I'm glad that you were able to take time out of your day, out of your week, uh, out of your schedule to record this podcast with us. Um, you know, it, um, I'm, not only do I believe that they're inspired, but I am, I'm inspired myself, um, to do, to do more and to be more. Um, it was a pleasure to be able to have you on the show with this man. Yeah. Anytime. And I'll just give my 
my final shameless plug. If anybody wants to attend Urshan, we have, even not for a degree, we have online classes and things like that. Nowadays, you don't even have to leave your your home base where you are. But if you just want to learn more about the the Word of God, like I've said, I, that's my passion. That's what I get to do at school. And you don't even have to do it for a degree. You can just take classes here and there on stuff that you want to learn about. So to any of your young people, anybody that wants to to dig deeper and they want to do that kind of thing. Um, and I would say for, for any college, but any kind of content, anywhere that you can consume the Word of God, take advantage of it. So just right. throw that one out there. Right. So that, well, that's all we have today. Uh, thank you guys for joining in. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure that you share this podcast with somebody that needs to hear it. Um, you know, because there's a lot of people that need to know that studying the word of God is actually that it's, it's easier than you think it is. You know, a lot of people make it out to be bigger than it is. But anyways, that's all we have for today's episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I uh, love you guys, and we will see you guys in the next episode.